0: Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its Management Board, or the Board of Trustees of the University of Massachusetts. This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Thursday, May 3rd. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. Welcome back, everybody, inside the studio. Uh, Another Thursday morning. I know I think last week uh, there might have been a little bit of uh, miss uh communication a little bit of confusion turns out uh i will still have two more shows this semester this programming uh block so we'll have this thursday and next thursday and then programming will end this show will go away at least for the uh foreseeable future could return at some point later on i am excited about next year i will be taking on a little bit more responsibility um, and you know I'll I'll definitely be very involved here uh, at the radio station next year. So I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot of me, uh, whether that be on broadcasts or you know on other shows. So uh, jumping into just some Boston sports, a very exciting time. I think we don't we take we don't take it for granted. Uh, excuse me, we do take for granted how well our teams are doing right now, uh, specifically. Speaking of the Bruins and Celtics and the Red Sox, who also got off to a hot start uh, this spring, is making or made this last April potentially the best April in Boston sports history, you could say. Um, You know, you had two teams in the playoffs, which doesn't always happen. I know the Bruins uh, have struggled... Somewhat in the past, I mean, they did make the playoffs last year, but they had a they had that you know short stint of time where they weren't making the playoffs. Uh, same with the Celtics, but you'd have to go a little bit farther back for that. Um, but basically, April is the month that pretty much has you know the end of the regular season for both hockey and basketball, and sort of starts the playoffs. And the fact that you know both the Bruins and the Celtics. You know, made it out of the uh, first round is uh, something that, you know, we just sort of accept here in Boston. But, you know, having two teams that, you know, uh, you you know, you don't want to say dominant because they've only made it past the first round. But even that is still such an accomplishment for one team in one city, let alone, you know, two of our teams in, in this city. Moving on to the second round, you know, now that it is officially uh, April is over and May will begin. And then you look at the Boston Red Sox, who got off to a just tremendous start. Uh, you don't want to say slow down because, you know, they haven't necessarily slowed down that that much. I mean, the last 10 games, they're 5-5. Five and five, So, I mean, it is a little bit uh, a small, a slight dip in production. But the Red Sox still sit in first. Uh, Yankees three games behind in second in the AL East. Uh, Red Sox at 21-7. and seven. That's a 750 win percentage. That's pretty darn good for April. And so I guess we could speak a little bit about, uh, I know we're, we're jumping around here a lot, but uh, we could speak a little bit about the Celtics and Bruins. Uh, I'm pre-recording this on Tuesday, so my knowledge might be a little outdated. Hopefully not too outdated, but I'm going to speak of the games that were played on Monday night because that was last night for me. The Bruins, unfortunately unable to sort of set themselves apart from Tampa Bay. Unfortunately, they will tie up the series at one apiece. Bruins lost 4-2. They had lack of aggression, lack of energy, uh, weren't really finding, you know, the the pucks on net that they wanted to, uh, and you know the goaltending was still adequate, still there. Same with the defense, uh, just not a whole lot of aggression, uh, attacking at the beginning of the game. They sort of started to maybe come out a little bit at the end, but uh, nevertheless, the series will be tied up. And Game Three uh, should be interesting. I think this whole series will be interesting. Uh, definitely, I would think going seven games. I don't see uh, it being any shorter. So I, I still, you know, I still think the Bruins have more grit than the Lightning. Lightning potentially the more talented team in terms of just pure offense. Uh, but when you look at the Bruins in their defense and you know our goaltending, I sort of think. Were, we're a better all-around team um, and even just you could say a more grittier uh, team and not just the defense you know there's 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 offensive players that are willing to you know get aggressive and uh, just you know sort of sort of show that heart that maybe you know the Tampa Bay offensive players wouldn't you look at David Backus always in the scrums there the first round he was very aggressive uh, so that pretty much you know, that's where we'll leave uh, the Bruins at. Game three should be pretty exciting. I don't know. I think game three will already be over by the time this airs on Thursday, unfortunately. So I uh, don't have a whole lot to say about that. And then the Celtics came away with huge game one win in which three players, I believe it was Tatum, uh, Horford, and Rozier, I believe all scored 25-plus points First time that's happened in a playoff game without an overtime being played in, like, 30 years. So, I mean, you'd have to go back to, like, Bird, Mikhail Parrish, I'm going to guess, for, you know, a playoff performance of that caliber. So, you know, and, and I did notice the the responsibilities on Monday night were divvied up very well. You, you know... And obviously, if you if you have three players scoring 25 plus points, that's going to be the case. But it just seemed like watching the game, there was no, you know, there was no selfish play. It was it was very much so uh, by committee. You saw every player was sort of getting their hand in, in offensive opportunities. So you know, that's the, I I think personally, that's the look you want to have going into uh, the playoffs. I think LeBron James is proving that you don't have to have that look for a team. To succeed, I mean, obviously they're going to be moving on, um, and he's he's carried that entire team solely by himself. I forget what the statistic was, but I think it was something. You know, I, I don't think a team's ever made it out of the first round with you know the the their the other players essentially scoring like less than 20 points. Uh, essentially, the statistic says that LeBron's getting no offensive help. He's still, you know, doing his thing, being the best player in the world, carrying the team on his back single-handedly. And it it makes you wonder, you know, how long it can last. I'm a firm believer in the fact that basketball is solely based on talent. There's not a whole lot of luck involved. Um, It's sort of, you know, there's a continuum of sports where, you know, some sports may be more skill-based, some are more luck-based. I think basketball out of the major four um, is by far the most skilled game. You look at the other end of the spectrum, hockey, I think, is more luck-based. Obviously, you still need a lot of skill uh, required to play professional hockey, but it is. there's also a lot of luck involved in hockey. There's you know, there's anything can happen. Pucks are flying. Um, you know, thing. You know, it's being tipped off of sticks, and sometimes it's just those freak plays in hockey where it's like in basketball, it's just putting a ball through the through the net. You know, you either you either can or you can't. It's it's pure, you know, ball handling skills. And I mean, I don't want to take anything away from other sports, and I think you know, baseball and football fit somewhere in between hockey and basketball but um, on that spectrum, but basketball, not a whole lot of luck involved. It's very skill-driven, and so you almost wonder if LeBron has enough skill to actually carry a team far, and we've seen it in the past. I mean, he's made the NBA Finals the last, you know, what, six, seven, eight, something odd years, so uh, we, we do know that he can take a team pretty far on his own, but you know, we've only seen him win the championship a handful of times. He's had his fair share of NBA final losses. So, with teams that weren't quite at the caliber of the teams that won that year, mainly speaking of the Warriors, uh, because that's what it's been in the most recent years. But uh, getting, you know, a little more specific here, y- you wonder whether. You know he can take because I think this is probably the least he's had to work with in a while. I would think um, you know they they had all those big moves at the trade deadline, and you know I I think that he'll get to a certain point. I, I don't I think they make it to at at the farthest the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's even pretty generous considering that they barely made it out of the first round and that you know he he's working with. Such little support, really, on the team. Uh, but you know, and then then there's also going to be the whole, you know, where where will he go next season? As you know, his he's going to opt out, and you know, the contract situation, free agency. Um, but getting back on track here, the Celtics had a tremendous game. One, uh, they it wasn't LeBron's situation. It was divvied up. All the players got their hand on, hand in the action, and you know it really made the Sixers look pretty. Just really, just lack of energy. I mean, it was it was clear that Simmons got outplayed by Tatum by far, and you know that was sort of the matchup that everyone wanted to watch. As you know, Tatum obviously won't be Rookie but, of the I Year. Mean, it it the will the be day, Simmons. Still, but th- series. It's Six still pretty still cool to you know see that matchup in a game. Them, you know, you know, rookies, we saw it in hockey with. I mean, I don't like to compare sports like this, but you know, we saw, exactly we saw the they, Bruins they just dominate in Game One, and then you know, just the complete opposite in Game Two. So, who knows? It could be the same with the Celtics. Uh, it, it's you know, it can happen in basketball just like it happens in hockey. Uh, so, we'll wait. We'll await Game Two. It could be the same situation where I, I'm sure Game 2 is going to be played before this airs. So, again, we don't have a whole lot to say about Game 2 except that it should be interesting. Um, and that's where we'll leave that. So that's sort of the Bruins and Celtics playoff recaps. I know we, we sort of touched briefly upon the Red Sox and how they're doing. But we saw, I think it was another Grand Slam on Monday night. Uh, they They did win, I believe. Yep, they did win. And going back to the Grand Slam thing, I remember last season. I think we might have been the only team without a Grand Slam uh, at all last season. And then to see that we've had a handful of them this season, and it's you know we've only been playing a month of baseball, is pretty spectacular. Just just really shows how much how far the not only the offensive productions come, but the the power hitting specifically. Um, You know, it seemed like we couldn't get base runners past second last year. Single, 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 single. And then nobody could drive anybody in. And that's, you know, where the lack of offensive production came from. And, you know, the slugging's been a lot better this season. We've seen multiple grand slams. The home run production's jumped up. Um, Just more doubles and triples in general than last season. It's a whole lot less of just base hits. Whole lot more RBIs. Um, yes, the the productions dipped a little bit, like we said. Last ten games, gone five and five. They've sort of, you know, at home they've been very good. On the road, they're slightly less good. Although they are pretty, the, the splits are pretty uh, close. Home, they're ten and three. Away, they're eleven and four. So you know, at, at least they're a consistent team. They can, it seems like, you know, I mean, that's that's what you want, though, I think. You want a team that's consistent both on the road and away because, you know, if you have a team that just does well at home and then, you know, you struggle on the road, you know, it can, I mean, half your games are on the road, especially getting late in the season against uh, difficult opponents. You don't want to see your team struggle that much uh, in away games. And speaking of, you know, getting in a schedule type stuff, the Red Sox have had a very easy April. So, you know, we'll take it. A lot of people are saying, oh, is this bad to play this many easy teams early on in the season? Uh, No, that's just how baseball works. That's how anything works. That's how schedules work. You just got to roll with it. If you get easy teams at the beginning of the season, you take it and then, you know, you kick it into high gear later on. You know, there's no there's no real bad schedule. At the end of the day, everything in baseball, at least, I mean, you're playing pretty much every team in the American League. Uh, you know, a fair share. It's not like it's not in football where you only play like 16 teams and you only play eight non uh, non division opponents, and you can have a strong schedule or a weak schedule. For the most part, baseball schedules are pretty, you know, even for everybody. So. You just gotta take what it comes with, uh, when it comes, and uh, just be prepared to, you know, potentially play difficult opponents later on in the season. So I think the Red Sox have sort of that road ahead of them. So you know, that's that's when you start seeing the, the true characters of a team and how well they can perform under pressure. All right, so that wraps up the first half of the show. We're gonna cut to commercial break real quick. Uh, when we come back, we will jump into some UMass athletics. Stay tuned to WMUA 91.1 FM. This is WMUA Sports. UMass Men and Women Basketball at WMUA is supported by listeners like you and by Collective Copies, a worker-owned print shop with a mission. Printing, publishing, and promotion, 11 worker owners who share over 150 years of experience in the print industry are there to help you at every step. Collective Copies in Amherst and Florence and online 24-7 at collectivecopies.com. Second half of the show. Thanks for sticking with us. This is unbeaten on WMUA, ninety-one point one, part of WMUA Sports. It's around eleven sixteen on this fine Thursday morning. Um, you know that the season, the UMass athletics season, is coming to an end. When the media season is coming to an end as well. Here at WMUA, we cover UMass athletics. And also the Daily Collegian, which I did a little bit of work for uh, this semester, uh, their production their sports coverage, their production is ending. I think it actually already ended. So you know that you know the seasons are definitely coming to an end. We are in the spring season as you know. Um, most sports are wrapping up. I know men's and women's lacrosse had their their senior days the other day at Garber, uh, the last home game of the season. That was pretty cool. I got it got out to the women's one. I couldn't make the men's, but the men's team. I think what did they? They went undefeated in the in their conference play. So they're headed into you know postseason tournament uh, competition in a very very strong state. Same with women's. They're, they're always competitive. They'll be going down to Richmond, I believe, uh, for A-10s. And that should be exciting for them. Um, most other teams are moving into tournament play. Not quite sure uh, where tennis is at right now. We're going to log on to the UMass Athletics website and uh, check for some updates. I know they did the Sammies, I believe, the sort of, uh, athletic awards night. They might have done that from the I believe the Mullins. They had all the student athletes attend and the coaches. Uh, so I'm sure the UMass athletics website has some updates on that as well. So let's jump right in to keep you guys updated on the latest UMass athletics. First order of business. Uh, moving into there's I mean I feel like we've sort of we've sort of cut or, excuse me covered everything. With spring sports, there's not a whole lot of. I mean, obviously, we still have tournament play, but, you know, there's not a whole lot of headlines left surrounding spring sports. Uh, so, sort of jumping into some. I mean, we're already gearing towards fall sports. Men's soccer announces their 2018 schedule. Uh, the Minutemen will host 10 games at Rudfield Field uh, here on campus. I believe Rud Field is like right behind Sortino, uh, which is the softball field. So. They'll play 10 games there. They're going to open up the regular season on August 24th at UMass Lowell, uh, so before most students even get to campus. Um, And it looks like that was announced by the head coach, Fran O'Leary, this past Monday. Uh, So, jumping into the schedule a little bit, they're going to open up play uh, with couple of exhibition games on August 12th and 18th against BC and that will be in Chestnut Hill and then they will play Northeastern from Amherst like we said opening up the season then the regular season against UMass Lowell at UMass Lowell on 824 and then they play their first home game on August 31st against St. Peter's still before most of the students move in Nine uh, three, I believe. You know, a good majority of the students will be here by then. They'll play Brian at home, and then uh, they will also host Clemson, as well as Central Connecticut, Dartmouth, UNH, Saint Bonaventure. Uh, those are all sort of in a row there, so they have a nice, nice uh, home stand in the middle of the season. Uh, they'll also have to travel. To URI as well. They're going to have to travel to Fordham and George Washington. Uh, so, as you can tell, they sort of we sort of got into the uh, A-10 conference uh, opponents towards the end of the season, uh, like we would expect with most of the sports here. Next on the docket is women's track and field athlete Colleen Sands. Uh, was honored with the rising research award the senior was one of six umass undergraduate students recognized this spring semester very cool to see uh, a student athlete be awarded with such a prestigious academic award but essentially uh, she was honored with that rising research award as a kinesiology major uh, she was recognized for her research on wearable technologies for Public Health in Physical Activity. And that was a lab that she conducted here on campus. Some really interesting stuff. I know uh, wearable technology would we get into, like, Fitbit and all that uh, sort of stuff. So it sounds like she, she uh, did something along those lines. She, it looks like she's also received senior leadership awards uh, from the public health and sciences. And this next one, sort of a big one, Mark Whipple, The head football coach, as most of you know, his contract is extended through the 2020 season. Whipple enters his 11th overall season coaching the program in 2018. That contract, like I said, running through 2020, so he's still going to have a few more years here at UMass. Uh, They haven't really yielded the results that most people thought they would. I mean, as everybody knows, 2-0 in October, undefeated. Um, They sort of finished off the season on a stronger note after going like 0-6, 0-7. I don't really remember. Uh, But it seems like they they trust the process. They trust Whipple. He's been here for a long time. And I will say this. I'll give Bamford credit in replacing uh, the basketball sort of uh, head coaching responsibilities and getting McCall in uh... in to the program i think the switch in leadership and you know the switch in head coaching responsibilities for the basketball team really worked in favor for them obviously they have a lot of trust in whipple in the football program so you know it'll be interesting to see they're sort of going the opposite route with football as they did basketball um and hockey a few years ago doing sort of a major overhaul football they're keeping things for the most part the same i think Whipple's bringing in, he's keeping some of his, like half of his staff, and he's bringing in, I think, some new uh, staff members as well. I believe his son is also on his uh, coaching staff. So, uh, yep, his 11th overall year, uh, Six with the Minutemen when they competed in the Division One AA. That was from 98 to 2003. So, I believe he was here for that 98 Uh, national championship. This is from Bamford. We are pleased to extend Coach Whipple's contract at UMass and look forward to his leadership of our program in 2018 and beyond. Mark is a true Minuteman, having served our program as head coach in two different eras for a combined 10 years. He's guided our young FBS program through some challenging times the last four years, but has positioned us well for the future. Um, And what he means by that, is I believe that Whipple uh, left in 2003, and then he's he re- he's returned for the last few seasons. So in total, he has 10, uh, or this will be his 11th season. But he did take sort of a break in the middle of his tenure here at UMass. Also, softball, I believe another one of those teams that went undefeated in a 10 play. I could be wrong, but um, nope, actually they did. 19-0, Atlantic 10. Very, 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 very impressive. 31-12 and 12 overall in the season. Um, so they dominated the A-10. And to nobody's surprise, they swept the A-10 Weekly Awards. Jenna Koza, Chiara uh, Oliver, the Atlantic 10 Weekly Players of the Week. Um, they, were, they both earned Pitcher of the Week and Co-Rookie of the Week honors. The Minutemen... Uh, went 5-0 and last week, capping off the weekend with a sweep on the road at Fordham to clinch the A-10 regular season title. Uh, so they came away on top, A-10, moving into the tournament. They should, they will, I shouldn't say should, they will get the best seed last year, runners-up. This season looking even stronger, adding to the pitching with Garrett Oliver, the freshman phenom, and Jenna Koza still mashing her average just through the roof. It was something crazy at one point. It was uh, like it was in like the seven hundreds her average, uh, like a, a week or two ago. I'm not quite sure what it is now, but very, very cool to see the softball team. Oh, it looks like she finished the season with a five forty five batting average, which is just insane. So that team moving into tournament play looking very good. Also today, the men's lacrosse team will host Hofstra at Garber Field. Uh, The number one seeded Minutemen host the Pride for 5 p.m. CAA Championship semifinal round. So the CAA tournament is officially underway. Uh, UMass has the number one seed in the tournament. Very cool. A lot of spring sports sort of uh, getting the number one seed in their respective tournaments I don't think people give the spring uh, you know spring sports enough credit they deserve here on campus they quite possibly are the best uh, season here on campus I think it's just a little difficult because you know spring sports aren't as popular lacrosse isn't as popular uh, softball isn't as popular even you could say even baseball even though they're not you know, they don't perform well, isn't as popular as, say, football, basketball, and hockey on this campus. Those are usually the main sports that draw the most attention. But nevertheless, uh, spring is by far probably the best season here on campus. Um, So yeah, they're going to open up the uh, tournament, the semifinal round. I really would not be surprised if they... Uh, won this first round that would sort of be a given and then they will move on I'm gonna guess to the uh, the maybe the finals I don't really know how their their tournaments set up I should probably know that a little bit better uh, moving on to the next headline sort of the last headline here we don't have a lot of time but uh, Massachusetts the baseball team will break from the Atlantic 10. We'll take a break from Atlantic Ten play in a four-game week. Also, the tennis team drops four to two in the Atlantic ten championship match to VCU, the Minutemen or the Minute Women, excuse me, will finish the season thirteen and seven overall. So that's all the news we have uh, here on Unbeaten. Uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next Thursday on ninety-one point one FM.